Wednesday edition. The thanks for listening to us instead of the two and a half hour podcast that Aaron Rodgers dropped this morning with a guy that I'm not familiar with. Edition. The signs, signs, everywhere signs. I read some interesting signs on my way to Lambeau Field today. Edition. And the maybe I was wrong yesterday. I may have to start with an apology. Edition. Of Wilde and Tausch. Which is going on at the same time as Brian Gutekunst is at the podium addressing reporters in the Lambeau Field Media Auditorium edition. On 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN Madison, ESPNWisconsin.com, the ESPN app, your Alexa smart speaker, and of course, WisconsinOnDemand.com, the Wisconsin On Demand app. I'm Jason Wilde in Green Bay. Jesse Nelson is in the Park Bank ESPN Madison studios, which means I don't have him bringing me bagels like I did yesterday. Thanks for those, Jesse. I had one. I wish I'd had time to eat more. Those were good. And from the Gruber offices, one call that's all studios. Looking dapper in his, what is that, a cream-colored polo? It's a cream-colored polo, yeah. And his San Diego Padres fitted MLB New Era baseball cap in the old McDonald's colors that they wore when Dave Winfield patrolled the outfield and Ozzie Smith was the wizard at shortstop. And now they're back wearing, right? I guess they wear them now. Pinstripes Uh, oh yeah. Including Josh Hader. He is our Bucks buddy, and he is our cousin sub of the day. Cousin subs, we believe in better. It is Justin Garcia. Justin, I got to be honest, I'm thrilled to have you, but I'm a little confused because I thought Jesse had commandeered every cousin subbing opportunity that there was if Tausch is not in anymore. So what a surprise. It was a last-minute thing. I think Jesse said his voice was hoarse, so I was called about 15 minutes ago. I'm saving it all for one segment today, Jason. I'm saving it all for one segment, and I'm not sure you'll be on the show when that segment arrives. But when it does, oh, baby. Uh, One shining moment for Jesse will come a little bit later. Uh, I do want to start with an apology. This is not some sort of like um, I've done something egregious and in order to save my job apology. But I I misread the tweeter, which I know is hard to believe. But yesterday, Jesse, you and I were together at the Tundra Trio. And I said that I did not see on social media a whole lot of negativity toward the Josh Hader trade from Brewers fans. Um, now, I think in my defense, there are some some fans who are, um, how shall we say, I don't want to say carrying water because that carries a very negative connotation, but some fans who maybe have seen Moneyball one too many times like me, and they remember the scene where Brad Pitt goes into the owner's office and he, he's begging for more money, 
And the owner, Steve Schott, says, is there anything else I can help you with? Which, of course, means I'm not helping you. Do you have anything else? Because otherwise, get the hell out of my office. So I thought there was some measure of logic to doing what they did when they did it. Now, as you heard on uh, Jesse Sports Center, if you're listening on 100.5 ESPN Madison, they also made a trade for a guy who was available like a month ago and then signed with the Giants and hadn't pitched in the league since 2020, and they gave up a guy who was ranked like 19th in their farm system. So again, I know that we have some uh, colleagues, including Uncle Homer, who uh, in Stearns I trust, but between that and then seeing some of the response in our group chat to the hater trade and then seeing Devin Williams, who as cautiously as he could say, I don't like this trade, and then see Josh Hader take a shot at the team by saying that he's excited to be with a team that wants to win the World Series as opposed to just wanting to make the playoffs every year. I have to apologize. I misread the tea leaves yesterday. There's a lot more pushback than I thought there was. And among the pusher backers is Justin Garcia. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't get it. Um, I, I was talking to somebody earlier today about this, too, that I understand, and, and you mentioned this, too, if you want to explain to me the finances behind it and say, well, if we do this now, the old Bill Belichick thing of let's get some, rid of somebody too early rather than or too sure. late. But I look, I thought they were going to move Josh Hader in the offseason, even though we're talking about $5 million for the eighth richest owner in Major League Baseball. But I thought they were going to move him in the offseason. This is the more time you have to really digest it and take a step back. This is just, you look at Devin Williams' reaction, and it's hard not to think. I bet a lot of the locker room feels that way. We heard from Brandon Woodruff and Christian Yelich, and we heard the, hey, we get more bites at the apple, and I understand what they're doing, and this is a business. But I get the sense that's the minority in that clubhouse, and there's a lot of people that probably feel like Devin Williams and what Josh Hader said. I know the fans do. But to me, the most puzzling thing was, you can explain to me the finances and say, we can't afford to keep him, and it's let's let's recoup the loss and get some prospects and players for him and remain competitive. Do that in the offseason because you're trying to win, theoretically, a World Series this year. And if you enter the playoffs with the best starter, the best setup man, and the best closer, that's giving you a pretty big advantage, even if you don't have the offense, to be the team that gets hot in October and wins the World Series. And now... I just don't understand how anyone can make a strong case that the Brewers made themselves better in the last two days. So what about the argument that I uh, made yesterday, or the, I shouldn't say argument that I made, the concern that I expressed about the shelf life of closers and how I feel like history is littered with closers who were unhittable, and then suddenly they were very hittable. We've seen it. And I mean, think I think it was Derek Turnbow, John Axford, how those things ended. Yeah. So is that is it possible that we will look back on this and say maybe he was going to create? I mean, 
it doesn't help you win the World Series if your closer craters in the second half of the season. And I'm not saying that he was going to do that. I'm just saying I have seen too many other closers who, to use uh, Ron Wolf's famous quote, suddenly were farts in the wind. I understand that. And I was, for the most part, I'm very lean heavily on that side, logic-wise, of look, closers... You can find guys and turn them into closers. Think about how many guys you intended to be starters become reliable bullpen arms and eventually closers, too. So that's where I kind of fell. But they didn't have a closer like Josh Hader before. With all those names that we talked about, he was, without a doubt, the best closer Mm -hmm. three or four years running now. I mean, there's a chance when you look back ten years from now, he sustains this, and we're talking about, well, he was like that version, that that generation's Mariano Rivera. There is a chance of that with how good he has been there. So that's where you would look at and you say, look, you're not trading just an all-star closer that racked up saves. And eh, this guy was pretty good, but we can replace that. You can point to Devin Williams. Yeah, he's ready to step in and be the closer. I know Devin has saved, what, nine games, ten games throughout his career. It's still different pitching the last three innings on a consistent basis than doing it once in a while. And the other part is, I do find it laughable that we've gotten the logic and the explanation of, well, he was only a one-inning guy, so that really diminished the value that we placed on him because we like to be more flexible at the end. He's the greatest closer we've seen in the last five or so years. Maybe one of the greatest of his generation. Maybe a Hall of Famer. And you're trying to tell me, well, it was actually a bad thing. He could only get three outs. Jesse, I know your uh, speaking opportunities are going to be limited because we have an actual cousin sub of the day in today. So after 24 hours after you showed up at the Tundra Trail with your Big Apple bagels, and we both, both of us, were, I don't want to say pro-trade, but pro-understanding the reasoning for the trade. Have you revised your position as I have revised mine? No. Uh, I think the cousin sub of the day, Justin <laughs> Garcia, needs to get over it a little bit here. I pointed it out yesterday, and I stand by it. Josh Hader, in the, he's been one of the best closers in baseball over the last five years. Kenley Jansen, I would argue, is probably right up there with him. He's with the Braves now, and there's a little more winning that's gone on in the postseason for him with the Dodgers and with the Braves a year ago. I will say this. When Josh Hader has stretches of greatness, as we've seen this year and as we've seen throughout a lot of portions of his career. He is unstoppable, he's magnificent, and he's awesome. He will go down as one of the best Brewers relievers of all time. But in the playoffs, that hasn't been enough for the Brewers to get over the hump in the first place. It doesn't matter if you have a great closer if you can't put runs on the board like we saw in the NLDS last year. It doesn't necessarily matter if you have a great closer who comes in in the wild card game against the Nationals and gives up three runs to go from winning 3-1 to losing 4-3 and ultimately be bowing out to the eventual champions of the World Series. So... For me, you have Devin Williams in place, who's your ninth-inning guy. You bring in Taylor Rogers from San Diego. You got Boxberger. You got a bunch of other guys that you still trust in the Brewers' bullpen that Craig Council will find the map to get you 
all 27 outs if you're putting runs on the board. I'm upset that the Brewers didn't go at a bat yesterday. I would have really enjoyed seeing that. It sounds like Bill Schroeder would have enjoyed that, too, when he joined us yesterday on the show. So I'm disappointed that there wasn't a bat added because the bats have been you know, rather inconsistent, not just this season, but going back to some postseason stretches over the last couple of years. But I think the back end of the bullpen, plus the three horses that you'll have in a two out of three, in a best of five, or a best of seven series, can get you the outs you need. I don't think Josh Hader is the missing ingredient to win the World Series. Are they better now, and are they more positioned now to win the World Series than they were Sunday night? No, they're not. I don't see how you can defend the trade when this team is trying to win a World Series. Because... As uh, as one of our callers said yesterday, you're not when you're a small market baseball team as the Brewers. First are. of all, hang on, there is no such thing as small markets anymore. With revenue sharing, Mark Adonazio is one of the ten richest owners in baseball. This franchise is a cash cow. They're constantly up there in attendance, merch sales, all of it. There is no more small market, especially without a salary cap. Whatever you want to spend. You can spend it. So there's no big market versus small market. Fine. Then when you're not the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Yankees, who are clearly the teams that are spending the most and are willing to go pay every player on the market imaginable, when you're this team and you are building not just for this season, but to have a seat at the table every year in a division that's loaded with the Cardinals and Cubs, who will be back at a, at a you know higher level at some point here in the next few years, you need to do not just what's best for this season, but what's best for years into the future also to stay right. at that level. And the Brewers so, are doing that, and I trust that so, they're doing it the right way. So I feel like this is uh, Devontae Adams' argument 2.0. That's what I feel like this has. has and and uh, I was critical of fans who rationalized it as saying, well, this keeps you competitive for beyond. You know, you build the defense. And, and it again, after the Packers traded Devontae Adams, not one but two people in the organization said, no one's going to try and spin around here that you're better without Devontae Adams. You're not. We are not a better team without Devontae Adams on our roster. But in the aftermath of that trade, what happened? Packers fans tried to, they, they were in the bargaining phase of Elizabeth Kubler Ross's five stages of grief, right? Well, we're 7 and 0 when Devontae doesn't play. Rodgers isn't going to lock in on Adams, and he's actually going to be better without him because he's going to spread the ball around more. I just, and again, this is part of. Me, you guys give me a bunch of grief for it, and I, I'm fine with getting it. But this is part of me not being a fan. Is that I don't feel I don't have to rationalize this so my feelings are better. I, I look at it and I didn't I underestimated yesterday how disappointed or upset a lot of Brewers fans were. And Jesse, you are certainly entitled to your opinion, but you reinforced that in our conversation. And there aren't as many Jessies out there as I first thought. There are more Justins out there than I first thought, too. That's all. The difference between the Devontae Adams trade and this trade is, and, and I, I guess I can't speak for all Packers fans, but I feel like we got a pretty good gauge of it when we were on this show that week. 
You thought that Devontae Adams would be part of the future plans of the Green Bay Packers and that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams would be the one-two tandem that would carry the team to multiple Super Bowl opportunities and that even when Aaron Rodgers was gone, Devontae Adams is someone you could pay to be one of the franchise cornerstones. I don't think any Brewers fan looked at Josh Hader knowing his contract would be up and said, that's a guy we're going to keep around for another four or five years. Everybody knew he would walk at the end of this season. So if the best opportunity is to trade him and get some stuff in return and get some players that could still grow into great players down the road or players that you can then recycle in trading to another team to bring in another star in the offseason, whatever the case may be, that's how you sustain success in baseball. Well, he wasn't going to walk at the end of the season. They still had a year of team control. It was going to cost a lot more, but you could still keep him and then move him. But that's the problem with... The overall discourse that we seem to be having on the two sides that we're still locked in this, the Yankees and Dodgers have everything because they're New York and, and Chicago, when that's, or in Los Angeles, when that's just not the case and doesn't have to be. There's no reason that Josh Hader couldn't have been a part of this team's future. He's 28 years old. He's the best player at his position. There is no salary cap where you don't look at it and say, well, he's going to make X amount and we only have X amount available. You could have paid to keep him, and that's the biggest problem that baseball ball has one last thing on this and then we're going to play a little did you hear this the josh Hader edition um when i look at the Devonte adams trade i think he is not going to drop off the table in in las vegas again i said and this is unfair to josh Hader, just because he's a closer But when I think about these other closers who have dropped off the table, I can at least see some of the logic. If he doesn't drop off the table and Devontae Adams doesn't drop off the table in Las Vegas, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, which of these trades do you regret more? If they both continue at the level that they have been at and neither one of them has a precipitous drop, I think that's why I'm willing to compare the two because both of them are really going to sting. If you're a Brewers fan or you're a Packers fan, if these two keep up at the rate they've been going, you're going to say, I don't care what we got back. I don't care how good Quay Walker is because Quay Walker is an inside linebacker and who made zero splash plays at Georgia. Say what you will about Devontae Adams. He played a position where there are plays that change games. And if Quay Walker is a slightly better version of Blake Martinez, that ain't enough. And Devontae Wyatt ain't going to be Devontae Adams either. But, hey, if they've got a really good defense and they have to play with a different quarterback in the future, then maybe those guys will have the kind of impact they need them to. We need to hear from Tausch about not Josh Hader. Although, if he was here, he would be bragging about how right he was about them trading him. Uh, But he would rather brag about Gene Adela and Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We'll hear from Tausch, and then we'll play a little Did You Hear This next. It's Wilde and Tausch.